0: Welcome to When the Ball Stops podcast. My name is T.K. LeFleur, mental fitness coach for athletes. When the Ball Stops discusses vital topics around mental toughness, leadership, and developing a strong mindset in athletes. Every time there is a stoppage in play, that is an opportunity to do quick check-ins with your mental and emotional state to reset yourself and your team. Utilizing those precious moments can be the difference between playing under control or playing out of control. On today's show, we have Kiana Cheney. As a high school athlete, she earned a spot as a McDonald's All-American. She also was a WBCA Honorable Mention All-American. 13 Parade All-American. So a lot of All-Americans. Was a (laughs) two-time district defensive MVP (laughs) and was selected as the 1A state player of the year as a senior in high school. Um, She went on to play college ball at LSU, where she scored over a thousand points for her career. Um, She appeared in four Final Fours. She was also named to the SEC freshman team in 2005. She was Academic All-SEC in 2006 and 2007. She was part of the 2007 Second Team All-SEC and First Team All-Louisiana in 2007. And in 2008, she was named First Team All-SEC and First Team All-Louisiana. Following her college career, she went on to get drafted 19th overall by the Chicago Sky. Um, She she played majority of her time overseas um, in various countries before um, retiring after her ninth season in Turkey. So, Kiana, um, thank you for joining us on this show. Um, how, How are you feeling today?
1: Um, I'm feeling great. Now that you read my bio, it's like I've never i never really heard somebody read it back to me. It sounded pretty good. Yeah, you did pretty good. You did all right. Did all right. Yeah, like I did, it like I did a few things, you know.
0: <laughs> um so um a lot of things have happened in your career as an athlete and now you're a coach and we'll jump into some of that coaching the coaching side of things here later on and what did your work ethic look like what were you doing that sort of separated you from the path and really pushed that door wide open for you
1: I just remember him asking me was like do you want to be the like the best shooter in the, in the state do you want to be the best shooter in the country and i was just like yeah like I'm already the best shooter but yeah I want to be even better and so just having that conversation him telling me to. Stay late, um, and I did it like it wasn't no mm-hmm. pushback, it wasn't no talk back. My mom didn't say, Why are you staying late? Like, my mom didn't question it, and I allowed him to, um, you know, take over my game, like I could say, just make me better. Um, and it just, like I say, it just went from there, and it didn't stop. Um, even at, that was in sixth grade, so in seventh grade and eighth grade. It was the same exact thing, Um, you know. It was to the point by seventh grade I was in this work like I should have been starting. So I know I'm crying up a little bit because I feel like I should be starting, but um, I quit so many times in my head. (laughs) I was young, and he knew I was still maturing and still growing, so it didn't bother him. Um, So he allowed me to make my make my mistakes. Um, he allowed me to grow from it he allowed he taught at the same time too so as I'm making my mistakes he's teaching me his side of you as a coach so I was getting both sides of it at an early age and didn't realize it until now that I'm a coach so I can say that everything that I'm going to say on this podcast is going to be like wow now that I'm on the other side I get it so a coach
0: taking you under his wing asking questions that you may have never been asked before and then showing you the way to get and reach those goals, basically. And I'm I'm pretty confident you are not the only athlete in the world that has quit in your head or <laughs> verbally. When I train my son now, he quits every five seconds. It's it's I've done it. It's normal. It's funny to hear other people say that they did it because I really thought for a long time I was the only one that <laughs> did it. So you know, I'm glad to know I was normal.
1: <laughs> yes, you're normal. <laughs>
0: Um, but no, it's a really good story. It's, it's really good insight on the length of time that you put in there and, you know, the support and somebody actually showing you what it means to put in hard work. And I think a lot of times a lot of athletes see all of the success that people have, but they don't see all of the hours of work that they put into their training whether that's conditioning whether that's weights whether that's getting shots up working on your ball handling going and play one-on-one five-on-five whatever it is a lot of a lot of young athletes miss what that work ethic looks like but they just want all the success as if just walking in the gym is going to guarantee them success and that's not the case so you know Listen to what she's saying. She is a coach and we're going to get into that. But she had a lot of success across all levels of basketball. And she put in the work just like everybody else that was successful at her level. Um, so you did go on to play ball at LSU. Um, I say, let me backtrack. You won a state championship in high school as a player. Mm-hmm. um three what up. was that feeling like You okay I, I apologize that wasn't in the bio <laughs> you won three state championships as a player I, I'm gonna give credit where credit <laughs> is due because I won zero so um what is that feeling like what are those team? what are, what do those championship teams have that teams that don't win like what are they missing so like talk us through all of that
1: um, for once, I mean, it started with your coach, your leader. We had somebody who, who understood, who didn't give up, who um was willing to do whatever to reach us, and um, and we were, like I said, we wasn't no trouble. We wasn't trouble kids. We, I mean, we were typical kids. You know, you might have a few that, you know, we'll talk back here and there, but for the most part, we wanted to play basketball. Like everybody on the team wanted to play, and with Wanting to play came with you know work ethic, hard work because we were young, um, and then our point guard that we that that was you know scored most majority of the points in up tearing the ACL, and so that I mean I had to step it up a notch probably like as a freshman, maybe my by my sophomore year, and then we had another point guard underneath us it was about seventh or eighth grade. So the thing about it was that when we had those young people on our team we treated them as they they wasn't young, like they were at varsity level, and though they were playing J V. That started with the coach. So he made sure that the secondary, the second five or the seventh, and then he knew that we're gonna need everybody. To win a state championship, like it wasn't just gonna be me, it wasn't gonna be just Crystal Huggins. Like we needed every single body to come in and pitch in, and it wasn't about points. Like we knew it wasn't about points. We knew that we needed somebody to rebound. We knew that we needed somebody that's that was a hustler that's gonna dive on the floor for any ball. We knew some. We know we knew we needed somebody who's gonna be like a lockdown defender who took pride in defense. Like we knew all of those things. Just having that leader, and then having a, a some teammates who doesn't mind getting uncomfortable. I mean, you know, diving on the floor for a ball. Who doesn't mind, you know, letting the other player know, like, hey, you know, you can do this. Or letting other player know that I need you to do better or you need to, you know, get some extra shooting in. And then the constructive criticism was, wasn't was so constructive, I can say. It was just like, hey, let let my, my teammate know and my teammate's going to respond. And nine times 10, it was positive. It wasn't I'm not going to do this or she thinks she's better than me. It wasn't none of that. It was just, hey, we wanted to play. We all want to win. And we know we need to do this together. So let's get, let's just get it done.
0: Right. I love that because there's a lot of, a lot of key things in that answer that we can pick up on and share. And the first thing was you talked about the bench and the role of the bench players is so important because, Most teams aren't winning championships with their starters alone. It's extremely hard to win a championship with five players and five players only. So your role on the bench, whether that's energy, diving on the floor, lockdown defense, rebounding, just giving somebody a breather, whatever your role is, know your role and play your role well because that role is needed for your team to win a championship. There's no small parts in any championship team. And if you know your role, you play it to the best of your ability, you're setting your team up for success because in practice, who are they going against? Who is the starting five going against to get better and get ready to compete the second five? And if the second five slacks off, is the first five really getting better? Maybe, maybe not. So everybody's role is, is very, very vital. Um, to winning championships, to making deep playoff runs, to making deep postseason runs. Something else that you mentioned was kind of a little bit of a uh, flash forward, but trying to remember where your mental state was when you were 14, 15, versus where your mental state is now when you're actually coaching at your alma mater. Mm
1: -hmm. And –
0: no, realizing the difference between I have to tell these girls these things, it's not second nature to them because it wasn't second nature to you at that age. And I think as parents, as coaches, we forget that. We think that because we played the game for as many years, they should just know stuff that we know like the back of our hand. And I think that reflection piece is a good reminder for coaches and parents that your 14 year old does not have all the answers and they don't, know a lot of things that, you know, so you have to verbally tell them and then physically show them. And so I think that's a very valuable piece of advice that we all forget about from time to time. And then the last thing that you mentioned, um, the thought just slipped my mind. Oh, it was around how you receive the constructive criticism, how you receive the feedback in the game in a lot of sports games, emotions are high. Sometimes you don't have, you don't have a lot of time to say it nicely you don't have a lot of time to have a a a, a conversation about it you just kind of have to deliver the message and move on to the next play because the ball's being inbounded and as athletes we have to be able to understand that everything can't be said to us in our perfect language sometimes it's rushed sometimes it's yelled sometimes it's quick sometimes it's you know just a high five sometimes it's a let's go like you know a lot of energy is is being poured into it because you're playing with passion and you're playing with intensity Be okay with that. Receive it. Know that that person's not mad at you. They don't dislike you. They still going to be your friend after the game. Like it's nothing personal on the on the court. It's just we're all here to win. And that's how the message gets relayed. And that's a big lesson for athletes today because not everybody can handle that. I know there were moments where I could handle it and there were moments where I'm like, bro, I don't want to hear nothing you have to say because you're not the coach i right. be honest about it. I was like that sometimes, but I knew that if I really wanted to be successful, I had to let that go and just hear what the message was and then do it. We're gonna fast forward a little bit to your time at LSU. You you did go play at LSU for four years. Um, I'm pretty sure in that time there, a lot transpired. But you were a part of some very very successful teams there at LSU, and you play with a lot of future WNBA players um, at LSU, Sylvia Fowles, Simone Augustus, Tamika Johnson, Erica White, like all of these players, you were on teams with them and you had a lot of success. What did, give, give some insight as to what those practices look like, what did training look like, what was the talk in the locker room like, how did y'all prepare for those deep postseason runs?
1: Man, that transition from high school to college, <laughs> It wasn't easy. Um, Yeah, I knew I was going to struggle, but I was expecting to struggle academically. Here's the basketball part. So, I struggled there. I actually succeeded academically, but struggled when it came to basketball. So it was it was was vice versa, which was weird. Right. Um, But then again, as I and like I say, hindsight twenty twenty, I'm going back and as an athlete and just starting with conditioning. I mean, conditioning college level alone, it's enough to struggle with. Right. Itself, if you haven't heard about it, if you haven't seen it, um, running a mile and have to make your time running on the football field, indoor football field, um, suicides on the indoor football field. I mean, those things that I never thought of that that could possibly happen. I'm thinking it's going to be the same conditioning, you know, suicides, double suicides, down in bags here. But no, that's just the tip of iceberg. So um, struggle um, condition wise. Um, basketball wasn't that bad, actually, on a court. Um, learning motion was a whole nother set. And you used to high school running plays. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still in motion to this day. So and my players ask me, like, hey because won't you teach us motion? Um oh, no, I'm still running, I'm still learning <laughs> You know, and I'm 36. Right. So. It's a never-ending Yeah, it's a never-ending, you know, play, you can say a never-ending situation. Right. But for the most part, like I say, struggling conditional-wise and struggle to come to motion. But I'm gonna tell you the key part to all that in the struggle. What's happened to Mika Johnson was having that vet that took us underneath the arm and had us had me coming into the gym early to learn motion, staying late, um, just being the vet. And um I learned a lot about leadership from her. If it wasn't for Simone leading by example, Simone wasn't that vocal back then, but um Simone led by 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 example. Um then had those two people, those two vets just constantly showing you and I'm hearing it. So Mo showing and, and is speaking it. I mean, you had no choice but to take it and 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 be successful. Because if you don't, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. So, I mean, just having those two just made my, I could say, made my college. It was, it was a struggle. And not many people pick up on it soon. And I'm glad I picked up on it by my freshman year. The end of my freshman year going until my sophomore year. Because I did have a little slump. And that explains why. But it didn't last long, so I was able to shake back by my sophomore, junior, and then have a successful senior year. Um, so I can't say kudos to them for being the leaders that they were, and then me obviously not, you know, looking down upon it and thinking they're doing too much or she just showing off, and but actually taking what they was in a positive way.
0: Oh, all really, really good points. Um, a lot of players that were superstars at the high school level can have a tendency to struggle transitioning to college. I think it's interesting that you thought you were going to struggle academically and basketball was going to be a breeze and it was actually vice versa for you. But the fact that you know you acknowledged it and then you went and got help and the way that leadership works is you can't get to the top by yourself and When you're trying to get to the top, you have to bring people with you. So there's like always that picture of like somebody like you're in the middle and you're holding someone's hand because they're pulling you up and you're holding someone else's hand because you're pulling them up. And so teams have to grow in that way. And when you have veterans that take you under their wing and they, they, they really help you and they sort of insert another level of confidence in you that you didn't know you had. Because I know for me, when I went to college, I had self-doubt, like there was no tomorrow. I had a very rough freshman year transitioning my first semester. Everything was hard, except for conditioning. That was the only thing that was easy because (laughs) it was just put your head down, make your time, and you're done. Everything else, I struggled with. But then eventually, sort of like what you said, I had a a senior point guard who – Started to really work with me more. The more we got into conference, and I remember there was one game. Latoya Howe grabbed me in the middle of my jersey, yanked me down. To, she was about five two, yanked me down to her level, and I don't even want to say what she told me. But after that, no issues. It, I just got it. It just like clicked. But she—that's what she did for me. Sort of like what you were saying, Tamika Johnson did for you, and that veteran leadership. Whether you play a lot of minutes or you don't, you still have that experience, and experience is a key factor that some teams just don't have the luxury of having. And so, I think that's really valuable lessons that you just talked about um, on on ways to successfully transfer into into college. Um, something that we did when I was at TCU is when we had a we had about five or six freshmen one year come in that's a lot of freshmen you know sort of like what Tamika did with with you bringing you in to help teach you motion we would bring the the girls in and say okay before we play pickup we're going to work on two drills that we run almost every day and we're going to make sure we teach you these drills in the summer so when the fall hits we don't have to run extra lines because you don't know the drill and coach isn't going to explain it at the detail that he needs to for you to get it and so you know I think that's really cool to see that kind of culture because I mean y'all did play in four final three final fours, four final fours. I wanna say. To get to the final four one time is extremely hard. For anybody that's listening, to get to the final four one time is hard. To go four times in a row, not not many teams are doing that. I don't besides Connecticut of recent, I don't know many teams that have gone to the final four, four years in a row. Um so a great accomplishment to you guys. Um, a lot of hard work went into that um as you became the veteran on the team um what how did things change for you as you saw more players come into like new players come to the program? How did you transfer all of that over to them, and what were you doing as the vet
1: it was that was just simply easy. Do what was done for me um and that has always been my model since. Then even to now, like, I wanted to give back what was gave, was give, what was what given to me. I want to do the same exact thing, what made me successful, who reached back, be that person that can help a, um, a freshman, um, or be that coach that can help a player. Like, I just wanted to be that what was done for me. And so um, I want to be like Simone and want to be like Tamika um, because they, they were able to help me through, help me transition and help me through a tough time. So I wanted to be that person for anybody that came that was struggling. Um, like I said, running motion was not easy. So we did have people come in who struggled with motion too, as well. So it was just constantly being that vet, um, helping out, being vocal, um, and trying to lead by example. No, that
0: that's real, and it's so funny because so what we, you and I played together, and a lot of people don't really know that, but we played together for four years, give or take four or five years, and everything that she just said is absolutely true because I was new to the team. Um, We didn't, we played together post-college and and in Louisiana on Bayou angels. And I was new to the team. I didn't really talk to anybody. And all I was doing was shooting threes. I wasn't worried about anything else. I wasn't trying to, I can dribble. I can get to the rim. I can do all these things. It's not that I couldn't. I just was on a team where I didn't need to. So she, she, Kiana was one that definitely kind of brought me out of my shell and was going to help me understand where I needed to be to make me an even better shooter. And I think like the more we played together, the more we vibed off of each other and the more we were able to just see success. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I'd I'd really get under her skin and and bother her a lot, but you know, she got under (laughs) my skin and bothered me a lot. But at the end of the day, we made each other better players um, in in a lot of areas. And we would train together even when I didn't want to. Yes, there were times where I was like, I'm not going to the gym. We just went to the gym two hours ago. Why are we going again? We just left. But I still went. And obviously, it was a good workout. Like, I wasn't going to waste time. I was there. So I wasn't going to waste time. But it was definitely a different type of push than I've ever probably had um, before. So definitely everything that she's speaking, like I can attest to because I, I witnessed it, I experienced it, all of that good stuff. So a big thing for our athletes now that are veterans or a big thing for our athletes now that are underclassmen and they're going into new programs or they're new to varsity, accept the help. And be open to to what they're teaching you because they're teaching you from experience and and they've been there and they've done that and they've overcome that and they survived. So be open to that. As far as veterans, don't keep that knowledge to yourself. It's not sacred. It doesn't belong to just you. Share it because the more you can get everybody else on board, the farther your team will go not a lot of athletes are are scoring at the rate that you score. I think you scored over 1300 points in in college and I can imagine it was a lot more in high school. How did your training begin to change whether it was individually when you were in the gym working or whether you brought somebody with you so you had a partner
1: that you were working with automatically change when you go to type of type of university like LSU. I mean, you as soon as you step on as a freshman, I mean, it's it's like I say it's like get on board or you're going to get left behind. Mm-hmm. But coming to a Power 5 school, like- respect who they, they, they demand that you give them your best. That's, that's mm-hmm. the thing they demand it. So you can come in there and think that you're going to do what you want to do, but the program demands that you give them your best. So when I walked in, I saw other All-Americans that didn't, that didn't mean anything because right. <laughs> I was All-American in high school. You're to see other All-Americans. You're going to see other people who uh, Adidas and, 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 and had other accolades. So it was just, again, you're either going to get on board or you're going to get left behind. So it was just one of those situations that you had to self-evaluate. And it questioned. I can say that. We quit. I quit. Like I, You too. So you understand. We quit so many times in our head. Mm-hmm. And I quit yep. so many times again in college. So,
0: yep. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So,
1: so the thing about college is, and again, I got lucky. So the thing about college, from from talking to everybody else, so once I got pro, you know, you talk about your co- your college lives and your high school lives and whatnot. It seemed like I got lucky. I got lucky in high school. I got lucky in college. I got lucky to have great teammates who, um, and Tay-Tay is one of them, um, you know, that, you know, come on, bro, you can't quit. Like, we came here together. Like, we're going to finish together. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So you you have those people, and then you have that coaching staff. I believe you go to a coach right now and tell me you quit. With the transfer portal, they want to go pull somebody else, right? You know, like, who are you to quit? You know what I'm saying? I wasn't Simone Augustus or nothing like that. So it was like, "Who are you?" So just um, having those people in your corner, your friends, they can call you friends who wouldn't let you do nothing stupid, you know. And um and and Tay knew, Seal knew that um I belong there, and um and we held each other accountable, so um they wouldn't let me quit, and uh, we didn't let each other quit. So um again, college not easy. Um, it's not to say that you're not gonna go through nothing, you're not gonna struggle, but it's you find out a lot about yourself at that time. I realized how passionate I was about the game. I realized how much I cared. I I found out how um how much I can take and how much I can endure. Um, I mean, just being pushed. I mean, um, just allowing them to push me. I mean, again, as a as a as a kid, you, I mean, I didn't know any better. So um I, I I guess everybody was maybe calling it abuse or something. I don't I don't know. I was, <laughs> I was always scared to get in trouble, so that was my thing. I was scared to get in trouble. I was scared that you know, Pokepop pop would call my mom and say I'm not doing X Y Z. I was just always scared to get in trouble. So with me being fearful, of getting in trouble um allow me to straighten up real quick so I didn't want to get in trouble so I didn't want to do this so I didn't do that so I made sure that I did what I needed to do so I didn't get in trouble um you didn't go to class you weren't gonna play if you didn't you know if you didn't make the your time you're not gonna play so everything sent around me playing so I had to do the the extra work or do the x's and o's in order to play and so and I think that was like the end all be all. Like I learned a lot about myself, condition wise. I learned that I can do it. I learned that I can be pushed. I learned I could take constructive criticism. I learned that there are people out there who care about your well being, mentally and physically. I learned that your teammates are legit. Your, your teammates, they are friends. Um, I mean, like I say, some of them today we we still talk. Like Tay, like I said, it's my homie. Um, I mean, we still talk to this day. That's my. So, yep. I mean, just having those people that you meet you know, and sticking with you. Even me with the time I played with you. So it's just like you legit have people in your corner who want to see you be successful. And I think nowadays kids struggle with that or either they're hating or um, the village is not there. I don't know. It was a village when I was here, when I was growing up, the village took care of me. Um, It wasn't just my mom. It wasn't just my dad. It wasn't just my uncle. Like if anybody saw me doing wrong, they had a right to say, hey Q, like you shouldn't be doing it. It's okay for me to be like, okay, I shouldn't be doing it, you know? So it's like I said, it's the village, it's the friends, your true friends, and just everybody who just believed in you and 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 didn't allow you to make just a silly mistake that could cost you your your career or could just cost you your life or something like that. Like I tell my kids, you know, I was get a second chance and I don't know what that's like because I was always fearful of getting in trouble. And I've seen people who make a simple mistake and, you know, costing their college, their scholarship or costing their career, um, over WNBA, whether where it's pro, um, for making a simple mistake um, that nobody either didn't tell them about, or maybe they just didn't listen. But, um, I just thank God that I was able to, you know, weave out the bad ones and, and, and listen to the good voices, should I say, and, um, and use that to, for motivation and for me to, you know, get better.
0: Absolutely. um, Very powerful stuff that you're talking right now. Um, the village. I think that has definitely gone away with right now, to be honest, how I feel, the village is social media. Oh, social yeah. media is the village. And that is what all of these kids are worried about that, 10 second clip or how many likes they get and I feel like the ones that aren't mentally tough the ones that aren't truly just narrow minded not narrow minded but they have like they have their goal set and they're just focused solely on that and that's what I mean sort of by that that they have their blinders on and Mm -hmm. all they see is what they want at the end of that tunnel those are the ones that are navigating social media and not being overly influenced but I think now the village has become social media and there's a lot of junk on social media and there's a lot of amazing things on social media. But if you're not able to weed out what is good information and what is bad information, you can get lost in the likes, in the repost, in the retweets, in the shares and all of that stuff. And social media is a tool to be used for us, not to distract us. And so I think that's one thing that like we didn't have to overly worry about. But I get it because we wanted to be liked by everybody. Well, why didn't this teammate like me? Like, it's the same thing. It's just not on the internet. It's just in you. Right. So the village is a very, very key part of how you continue to grow yourself, grow, grow your athletes, parents, how you grow, help your kids grow, make sure they're surrounded by the right people. We're an av- We become an average of the five people we hang around the most. So keep that in mind as you choose your friends, as you choose your crowds, all of these things, um, because it could hurt you, it could help you, or you could just stay the same. Um, So I think that's really, really insightful. And along the way, you come across true loyal friends, along the way, you come across people who genuinely want to see you succeed. And it's not about, well, she got all the breaks or she just got lucky or she knows the right people. It's not about that. What? Was that transition like to the WNBA? Did you feel more prepared or was it another learning curve? Like, talk us through that.
1: I knew going in that there's a business side of it now that I had to learn. So I've been playing my entire life, just playing. But now it's starting to get a little business-like. So it's like now you got to try to learn the ins and outs of that and also while still playing and now you're getting paid to do it so now it's like hey you get fined when you don't do this and you get fined when you don't get that so that's the business <laughs> side of and the professional side of it that you really had to learn but um college prepped me for that prepared me for that as well as far as dressing how you're supposed to dress and and acting adequate and all that kind of stuff so college prepared me for that part of it but it's just the business side of it and um and then the self-motivation and you're pretty much on your own like if you don't go to practice, like you really don't have to go to practice if you don't want to. But what is it gonna cost you? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they say if you five if you on time, you late. Yep. You know, so um just just continue that that what I did in college br- helped me out a lot in um in the pro level. Like I said, muscle memory. I was accustomed to doing things, um, getting in a cold tub. So everything everything transferred over. Um it's just that when it comes down to that time when it cut the roster. So I did good my first my first year. So then my second year, when I had to return back and trial it again, that's when they dropped the um, roster down to 11, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I think this was my first, first, first heartbreak um, that I got cut. And it was like, man, I'm good enough to play on a 15-man roster, but I'm not good enough to play on an 11-man roster. So that's when it shifted. That's when workout shifted. That's when um, eating habits shifted. So that's when everything kind of shifted. Like, hey, if you want to be in this game, you gonna have to outwork somebody. Like really outwork somebody. So workouts starting to get hard and intense. Now I'm, I'm really starting to run. I hate running on a track, but now I feel like I had to do that now in order to try to get my spot back, per se, you know, or be ready for the next tryout. So, and that was the thing. So everything shifted once I got cut. I can tell you to be honest about that, that when I got cut that first time, it was just like, hey, what am I going to do? And next thing you know, it was going overseas so, um, and making a name for myself over there. So just continue to work hard. So everything shifted. You had to turn everything up a notch if you wanted to continue to play with them cutting the roster down to 11. Um, so that's how that happened. That
0: That's an interesting story. I was not fortunate enough to get drafted. I didn't even – I went to a training camp. Um, and didn't get past training camp. Um, so it's kind of cool to have that insight and it's kind of cool, like, you know, like we played together and some of that work ethic, I think my work ethic increased because I watched how hard you work and you really didn't let me not go to the gym. But (laughs) a lot of, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, people don't understand, And it reminds me of the saying that you have to train at the level you're trying to go to. You can't train at the level you're at. Because if you Mm -hmm. train at the level that you're at, you're going to get left behind. And what the training for the WNBA looks like is similar and different than the training for college. Because in the WNBA, because the rosters are so small and there's only so many teams, you almost have to be able to play three positions to stay on a roster. And I wish I was like being dramatic, but I'm really not unless you're six, seven, which (laughs) there's only like five of us that are. So (laughs) realistically, you either need to be this ridiculous knockdown, don't miss shooter like um, Allie Quigley, Mm -hmm. or you have to be able to play two to three positions extremely effectively and efficiently to, be to make an 11 man roster yes yeah, it's good secure,
1: secure spot
0: yep. yeah exactly it's a secure spot and it sounds like that that first failure with basketball that first heartbreak with basketball I mean it really it's a failure yes but in the big scheme of life it's not a failure because not everybody can say they got cut by the WNBA either you know like yeah. it's mm-hmm. so it's it's one of those bittersweet moments but at the same time it's like that really fueled you to change how you change even a slight dynamic of how you took your workouts and your training all the way down to eating. I remember I used to try to get you to go run and you didn't want to see nothing about LSU lakes. It was like bad memories came back, (laughs) you know, it was just, it was a lot. So, and I could, I could run miles. I used to run five, 10 miles a day and just keep right on rolling And it was torture, but like, I get it. And it's one of those things where a lot of what she's talking about is understanding what it takes to get to that next level and then doing it every single day. And if you can do it now in high school, it'll be, it won't be as big of a transition when you get to college. And if you're already doing it in college, it's not going to be that big of a transition when you go pro and just understanding what are those nuances, talking to people that have been there and done that. thing you mentioned was you went back to Tamika, and you got advice about how to play a point guard, and how to be a fair point guard in the WBA, because she's there, she's doing it. Seeking out help, finding those mentors, and absorbing that knowledge, and then putting it into action. And the biggest thing that I keep getting, and hearing over and over from your story is action. Action, action! You're always doing something. You're trying something, and it may not work, but you tried it, and then you try something else, and that's how you grow. and And I think it's really cool because it's so simple, and people still don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, really cool insight. And I know that you're you're showing your your girls how to do that, and. The Google part, like, yeah, that's always a thing. Like, people go and Google you and what shows up. Um, a lot of people are like that. because I'm like that. So-and-so is going to come speak to us. Okay, great. Who is that? Let me do a quick go Google search just to get, like, a feel for, like, should I respect what they're saying? What are they doing? What have they done? That's really important. And so that legacy that you're talking about, the impact that you're you're leaving, the mark that you're leaving everywhere you go – you're, it's it's always positive like I really I believe that and I've witnessed it and I still experience it in our friendship so you know it's, it's really cool to see kind of where all of that came from because there's a lot of things that you're talking about now that I didn't even really know so mm-hmm. it's really cool to see how the version of Kiana that I met in whenever is very different from the version that you led us on this journey to hear about I think the biggest overarching lesson that I want our athletes to get from this is her level of dedication and hard work started in high school you don't just get to college and then all of a sudden your work ethic just changes it can mm-hmm. but a muscle memory that she's referencing throughout started in high school with her first coach in high school at seventh eighth grade um that's when the work ethic began. And the habits that you build now are the habits that you're going to keep going forward. And the beauty of it is you can start all new habits tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You can start all new habits right now if you want to. So there's always ability, there's always the ability to pivot and rechange the trajectory of your life if you want it now if you don't want it just keep doing what you're doing but if you really want it and you want the level of success that a lot of these athletes do have then pivot change your habits commit to it and stick to it until you get exactly what you want you're the head girls basketball coach at southern lab um your first year as a head coach you took five players to the semifinals in the state playoffs um you then were able to um backdoor that and get a state championship and then this current season you were um you got yeah, runner up at state which i know it's it's still fresh i'm not gonna harp on it too much but <laughs> you you know you still were very successful in the first three years of coaching and if i remember correctly this was a program that didn't have a team for a few years before you took over
1: mm-hmm. actually so- um i took over I had that team that only had, had five girls and after that we went without a team for about two years. Right. So um during that time, then it was that time, that rebuilding stage. Um and it's just crazy because you like as a coach, you coming into coaching, There's something you this something you kinda have to do like after you like your fifth year in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, now you got to rebuild. Like I was expecting to rebuild for my second year in. Right. You know, so it was it was tough. It was tough. Especially that being my alma mater, me coming from that school and seeing that we don't have a girls' basketball program. Like it' would have been several times that I woke up. I'm like, man, how we don't have a team? <laughs> you know like what's going on? So um, that was definitely hard. Um, and, and also start, I started second guessing myself, well maybe uh, maybe I'm not trying to be not maybe it's not time for me to be a coach right now or maybe it's not the school for me or you know, you just start kind of second guessing yourself for a minute. And, um, and so I turned to God and he said, sit and be patient. Mm-hmm. Oh, then there's that sit and be patient. Then there's the be careful what you ask for. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I sat, I was patient. Now is that be careful what you ask for. Um, now nah, I'm, nah, I'm just joking, but um, just me knowing was really what it was the village. Um, it was my administration. Um, it was everybody knew who believed in what I could do. Um, and they allowed they to bring those kids to bring their daughters, I say, to Southern Lab, and entrusted me with them to make them a better athlete—not just an athlete, but a better student-athlete. I'm um, a better person, period. And so, um, that's that village again that we talked about that we're kind of missing right now. But um, that village showed up for me in that time, and um, to get this program turned back around. You had a little ups and downs. You had the, a second a chance to where the buy-in wasn't so strong, but um. Once they saw that, hey, you wasn't accepting nothing less. There's that the word demanding. Um, Southern Lab itself, not just basketball, but the program we had a win in history. Southern Lab demands you to come in and bring your best. And I wanted to make sure that those that those kids understood that, hey, you're at a school that's not going to allow you to slip up and 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 want mediocre, you know, workouts. Like we, I need you to come in and give me your best and 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 be go hard at it, a hundred percent. Um, and, and then on the, on the other end of it is the results of winning successfully and, um, and making yourself better. And I told them, I said, you never know what you're capable of doing to you try, at least try, um, to be better. Try to change your habits, try to do this and try to do that. And you never know. And I told them, I said, one thing I didn't have that they have is that I didn't have nobody that was before me that wasn't McDonald's all American, or that was a D's all American to say, Hey, I want to do that. But your coach did. Your mm-hmm. coach did all of that. So you can actually see it and hear it. You know, so um, you can reach those goals if that's what you want. But you're going to have to try and, and, and work hard at it. And it's not just, you can't go to Walmart and say, I'm going to buy some work ethic today. <laughs> time <10." laughs>
0: that's I'm, gonna what I'm saying. Me, I'm going to
1: buy me a three-point jump shot at tar- Target. Like, you can't do that. Like, you, you literally have to start now preparing and mentally physically training your body to do it like do it now so when you do get that coach come in and you're not oh coach now now i got to get this together now you're rushing trying to get things in order or trying to prepare and then you're late so you do it now and when these coaches come in they want you they're gonna say hey i want that kid and you're gonna be ready you know you won't be struggling trying to well coach I need I need to and I got to make my time I got to practice running and now your your senior year you're trying to do eight months of conditioning in two days (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't doesn't work like that you know (laughs) that's
0: the luxury that these college coaches have they can go to target and buy a jump shot and they can go to (laughs) (laughs) all academy and get you know a post player or something
1: get some muscle. because
0: that's what recruit that's what recruiting is they're going and they're hand picking the players that they want in their program mm-hmm. but to Kiana's point you have to put in the work you have to go through the process you have to go through the ups and downs of training because you're gonna have good training days and you're gonna have bad training days but you what you can't do is you can never rush the process never it doesn't matter when you decide you want it. If it's, if it's too late, it might be too late because you cannot rush your process. You can't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not a thing. And that's where a lot of athletes mess up or they get caught up in the wrong things or they think they have time. Oh, I have time. Oh, I have time. You don't have time. Because the coach is going to come and the coach is going to leave and your time have passed. You don't have time. You have to do it now. You have to take action now, whatever it is. If you have people that are willing to pour into you, because one thing I've learned along the way is when you're putting in the work, somebody's going to see you putting in the work and then they're going to want to help you. Most people don't help people. And all they do is say, I want to do this. I want to do this. And they never put action behind it. Mm -hmm. But if you're putting in work, people are going to notice and they're going to want to help you even more. And that's what opens the door to your growth that's what opens the door to opportunities and it all stems from what you do when there's nobody in the stands. Basically, what are you doing in a quiet gym? Are you putting in that work? Um, good stuff. Good stuff. A couple more questions here that we'll wrap up. Um, transitioning from playing to coaching. Was that a hard transition for you? Because I struggled with it personally. Um, it, 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 I went back and forth about 15 times and I was just, I just kept going back to playing because it was comfortable. But what was that like for you? Um, was it hard, easy, in the middle, ups and downs? Like what did that look like?
1: Oh, it's hard. Most definitely, it's hard. Um, again, uh, when I start coaching and teaching. <laughs> I apologize to every coach that coached me, and I apologize to every teacher that taught me. Um, <laughs> and you're like, man, was I was I was I this bad? No, it's no, it's hard. Um, and simply because cause I, I, I question it. I used to say, man, these it's a different generation, you know, these kids. But regardless of the generation, I can tell you one thing that doesn't change, and that's worth ethic. Mm-hmm. Worth ethic and effort should not change. Like, regardless of the generation, like, worth ethic is worth ethic, and effort is effort. And I think most of these kids are struggling with the worth ethic and the effort part. Um, And most of it could be because they've been allowed to, you know, do less work, you know. And just get away with it. Mm-hmm. And so, and then now you come in here. Here I am coming in. I'm walking in and say, You're going to do X, Y, and Z. And they're looking at, like, Man, I haven't been doing that. And I, but I've been winning. So the hardest thing is to teach a kid or tell a kid, Hey, that what you're doing, I'm not saying it's not working, but is that the best you can give me? Mm-hmm. You know, so the hardest thing is to tell a kid right now. When they made a shot, they explained to them, was that the best shot? Even though you made it. Right. But was that the best, you know? So, and they had, but I made it. You know what I'm saying? But, in their head, but it's working. But I'm doing this, but I'm winning. But they don't understand the future and the longevity of it. Like, you want to be mediocre, you just want to stay here. Or you're going to continue to grow. And so, that's why I say it's hard. Because you often go back and say, well... I did this when I was young. So, and you can't expect those kids to do what you did. Right. You know, so it's all about just trying to, again, just reach them where they are. Meet them where they are and reach them where they are. So all I can do is continue to preach, tell them how it was when I was coming, when I came up with my basketball journey and explain to them, hey, I could see you making the same mistakes or you're getting ready to do this and just explain to them, hey, how I was able to get out of it or what I did and um, and tell them they don't have to take the advice um you know you want to you know go around the long way but we still gonna meet up at the same point right <laughs> we both got the same goal but if you want to take the long way around then that's fine but i could just kind of shorten you you know give you a straight path here by telling you the obstacles and stuff that i had to endure and stuff like that and um to make to make it just a little bit easier and so um but it's, it's definitely hard it's, it's it's a hard transition i um, trying not to compare myself to the kids nowadays um, Meeting them where they're at and then just trying to you know bring something new to the table with them so they can so they can be able to understand so that's where I'm at now I'm in the um what can I do differently um even though the coaching style worked for me even though what coach combs did work for me but it may not work for them so I give them a little bit of coach combs then I give them a little bit of of me and then I get a little bit of something new mm-hmm. that way it's they get a little bit of something across the board they're not saying that well you know what well, coach well, coach Q think that we're gonna be able to do exactly because what coach comes no I'm I'm taking some things that he done for me and maybe it works for you if it don't I'm gonna move it to this now out of these three things I just showed you something gonna have to work right <laughs> right that's all I got. get ready <laughs> right get ready to run our <laughs> options here so um but just just giving them different options and different ways of looking at things and um, and just try to get them to understand that I have the best. My my, my goal is to make sure that they accomplish their goals. Yeah, that you have
0: their love. best interest. Yeah,
1: in. I got your best interest. Like I'm not trying to live through you. And I and my kids will tell you that I say that all the time. I didn't did it already. I didn't done it. Right. So I'm not trying to live through you. So that's so what I'm doing for you is not because I don't like you or you don't think you don't think that you're the best player or you're not great. No, I see this in you. I see the potential. I know that you can be great, but you just need a little push and it's okay. Some people just need a little push. It's okay. Amen. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, If if any of her players ever listen to this, she pushed me as hard as she pushed me all (laughs) the time. 50. Okay. I met her. You know, in the pro stage, so I was already fifteen years behind. So, just to let you know what I had to overcome, <laughs> I was getting dragged along for the ride, whether I wanted to or not. I didn't have a say in it. <laughs> um, last question before we wrap up: um, What would Q now tell freshman in college? Q.
1: There is light at the end of the tunnel. So that means that obviously we all can say that, hey, if I go back and change things, but you can't just change one thing. If you change one thing that happened in the past, it's going to alter the whole situation. Mm -hmm. So if I can reach back, if I can go into young Q right now, I will just say that there's light at the end of the tunnel. That just simply means just keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. You're going to have your days, your moments everybody's not perfect you know even as as a coach i have my days and i have my moments but there's light at the end of the tunnel so what you're trying to reach you're going to get there again nothing comes easy if it was easy we all would do it everybody would do it if it was easy so expecting that it's going to be an uncomfortable journey expecting things are not going to go your way expecting that you're going to fail but also know that if you fail you can get up Whatever that you come across, you can, you, can, you, can, you can jump over, run over it, however you want to do it, but you can get through it. So there's light at the end of the tunnel, and, it, and it's going to be brighter than what you think.
0: I like that. I like that. That's good. That's really good. Thank you so much, Q, for joining the podcast. Um, very insightful. Um, it, it's going to help a lot of players. And it's really going to change perspective and trajectory for a lot of athletes because you dropped a lot of nuggets and your experiences are unique to you, but the lessons are universal for everybody. So I Mm -hmm. truly, truly appreciate everything that you shared during this time with us. With every episode, we work to give athletes one degree of separation from the competition by giving useful and insightful tips and advice on their journey to greatness. At 211 degrees, water is hot. At 212 degrees, water boils. With boiling water comes steam and with steam you can power a train. Are you willing to be that one degree of difference?